What's up, everyone? This is Jimmy Smith. On this episode of Unlocking the Cage podcast, I'll break down Conor McGregor's trash talk at the UFC 264 press conference and the motivation behind it. Plus, I'll preview the main event between McGregor and Dustin Poirier. Eve Edwards will also join me to discuss this weekend's pay-per-view. So, did everybody check out the presser? Kel, you checked it out start to finish, all the way through? Of course I did. There were stakes on it. As she does. As she does. Uh, Dre, did you check it out? Yeah, I checked it out. Yeah, I, I, I checked it out. I did not sit and watch the entire thing front to back. I got I, I kind of like jumped in and out, saw the highlights, all that stuff. So first impressions, just first thing, and we'll go over the bets, right? The bets Kel and I made about there's some prop beds about the presser. And so here's the deal. The first thing that got to me that I couldn't – believe, and we will talk about this a lot, was the reaction of the crowd. Not just to Conor McGregor. We figured that. The reaction of the crowd to Dustin Poirier was surprising to me. Very surprising to me. But that, that I think, I don't know how much of a factor it'll be, but it was a big surprise, actually, uh, at the press conference itself. So, the trash talk. It was crazy Conor. Right, Kelly and I both said at the prop bets what Connor Connor would be. We said crazy Connor. It was crazy Connor, for sure. This was crazy Connor. This was everything you would expect from Connor McGregor was there. Okay, but it seemed more desperate. Now, I'm not. I'm not saying he did anything that made me think it was more. Like, didn't come off as as necessarily more desperate in the context of coming off of a loss. Right. Um, in the context of coming off a loss, the things he used to do just seemed a little more. Is contrived the right word? Is contri- it, it seems to me that since he told Khabib, it's just business. Right. Since he was so friendly to Dustin Poirier last time, since all these things have kind of like peeled back the curtain a little bit, have made his shtick seem a little more like a necessity or a little bit more like a character. And I think that's how it looked during the press conference. He was definitely crazy, Connor, but it seemed a little more desperate. A- am I alone on this island, Kelly, or is that how it looked to you? No, you're a thousand percent right. I was saying last night, Connor's first mistake was breaking that crazy Connor character in the second fight with Dustin, because now I don't think him going back to crazy Connor can rattle Dustin because it doesn't seem authentic anymore. What, what do you think about Khabib? Am I alone? Th- when he went, it's just business. Like, almost like, hey, it's just a character. Don't take it seriously. I thought that was number one. During yeah, the Khabib, I, I thought it was a little bit like, you know, he broke character. He admitted that it's BS. It's just business. Right, but I do think that, like, so many people say that, that it di- that didn't phase me all that much. Like, I still was like, okay, Connor is being crazy and nuts and like he could say it's just business but like that's how connor is okay then he completely flipped the switch like he was still being crazy connor saying it's just business with Habib, but then with dustin the second time around he was being extremely cordial so i was like okay i don't know what's going on here anymore right uh dre to you i'm filling out the room here not only that, we could backtrack even further with Cowboy against um, Connor. Sure, where, Cowboy. Yeah. yeah, Connor was being nice in that presser. That was pretty much right when he had to be humble because Habib humbled him. So and a lot that, of stuff going on outside the octagon. Remember yes. that it's like, hey, so you punched an old old guy in the face. 
Um, there were sexual assault allegations at the time. There's a lot of things where it's like, I'm going to keep broke my head phone. down and play nice guy. Yeah, broke the guy's phone. There was a lot of stuff where he had to play the nice guy. So, you know, that's kind of the issue here is that we've kind of seen behind the curtain. So this 100% going full Connor this time around just seems and feels different to me. Right? So why is he doing this? Let's, all right, so now we've established with some certainty that this is something he can turn on and off. This isn't just him or whatever. It's not necessarily how he feels, but how he behaves. Do you get it? That makes sense? You don't really feel it, but he's acting this way. Fine. Great. Wonderful. It wouldn't be the first uh, fighter in the world to have a shtick. Uh, wouldn't be the thousandth fighter in the world to have a shit, a shtick. But what's the goal here? Right? If you're playing chess, not checkers, what's the goal here? I broke it down three ways. Okay? He's trying to rattle Dustin Poirier. Number two, he's trying to get himself in the zone a little bit, right? Trying to find, I guess, the, the old Connor, get himself mentally in the right place to go to war, right? It's hard to go to war with someone you don't hate. I, you know, not for me, but for like normal people, right? So number three is selling tickets, right? The crazier you go. If nobody went nuts at this press conference, there's no reason to watch the pe- press conference, right? It's that extra hype. It's, it's all that stuff kind of combined into one. I want to put asses in seats. I want to sell pay-per-views. I get a cut of all this stuff. I make a ton of money every time this stuff happens. I have a financial stake in people paying attention. People pay attention to conflict. So, of those three, let's break it down. Every single motivation. Do you believe this rattled Dustin? I say no. He didn't seem particularly rattled to me. He already saw behind the curtain once. He already knocked him out once. He's coming off of a knockout win. I don't think any of this affected him at all. He really didn't seem that rattled or shook. I think if his goal was to, to, to undermine the confidence of Dustin Poirier, strike one, in my opinion, Kelly, yes or no? I completely agree. Honestly, Dustin kept falling back to the point, okay, well, last time we fought, which was not very long ago, I knocked you out. So it's like now that he has that under his belt, I don't think it's possible for him to be rattled by Connor anymore. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I, I have, I tried this already and I won. I, you know, we already did this and I, I, I creamed you recently, not years ago at 145 pounds. This was recently. I slept your ass. Uh, Dre, what do you think? Think it undermined Poirier's confidence at all? No, not at all. Poirier knew what he was going to walk into. He knew that you could either get a quiet, humble Connor or get full-on crazy Connor. Connor, and Connor. It, you know, yeah, Connor, yeah. Connor. And it didn't even affect him one bit. Right. He stayed composed, and he had made sure that the presser went through. Yeah, it didn't seem to bother him at all. All right, so his second goal, get himself in the Connor zone. I'd say a little bit more successful because he kind of has been the old Connor. He's been around the fans and the press and all this media, and that's kind of where he's at home. And is getting pissed at Poirier mentally part of that? Probably. Probably. I think there's a good chance he feels mentally more comfortable going into this fight than he did going into the last Poirier. I think he's more comfortable in this zone than he is not being in this zone. So I go one for one. Kelly, what do you think? I would also go one for one, but I would say that the first point about not rattling Poirier was extreme. And then I think the second point about getting himself in the zone, 
less I think important. it was more of less important yes, yes. and also I think successful, but less successful than him rattling Poirier. I think he was just willing himself to get there. I don't know how much it worked because I can say, I mean, definitively, at least in my own mind, I don't think he rattled Dustin, but I can't say definitively in my own mind that he got himself in his zone. Right, right. It seems like he is a little bit. Like, I really believe he's probably more comfortable going to this fight than he did in the, in the last Poirier fight. Uh, Dre, you're the, you, you're, you're the tiebreaker, although we both agree. What do you think? Are you the dissenter here? Do you think he hyped himself in his own mind a little bit with all this stuff? Nope. I say he's 0 for 2 on this one. Why? You think that he's faking it? He doesn't yeah, feel it? He, yeah, totally faking it. Like, you could see in his body language, he's not delivering that, you know, that look of death that he usually gives when he delivers whatever, like, you know, snark remark that he wants to throw in. He didn't have it. And there's a lot of times where he's just looking up or he's licking his lips. And if you look at the nonverbal, if you watch the presser on mute, you kind of see, like, a desperate, frazzled Connor for a bit there, even though that he's throwing some pretty funny lines there. And some of them are just a tad cheesy for my taste. It wasn't the Connor that really got you there. It's not the esto muerte Connor when he was facing Aldo. It's none of that was there. All right, and I got a question for all of you three. It's about the crowd and their reaction, how much of a factor that will be. We're going to get that in a second. So my third thing is putting asses in seats, right? He's trying to hype things. He's trying to, you know, uh, sell pay-per-views. I'm going to take you guys. I'm going to give you guys a little history lesson, as I love doing. Uh, the first Ollie Frazier fight. Ollie was saying a lot of personal things about Frazier that were really, in my opinion, over the line and terrible. And his his rationale was always, hey, I'm, I'm putting asses in seats. I'm selling pay-per-views. I'm doing this, this, and that. Um, or closed circuit at the time. It wasn't pay-per-view. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff, right? Frazier's counter was, we're already guaranteed $2 million apiece, whatever it was. We're all, like, we can't make any more money. Anyone who's going to watch this is going to watch this. It's already, a, like, a cultural event. We are to, we're the first time two undefeated fighters fought for the heavyweight title. It was Frazier versus Ali. It was the first time two guys who had a legitimate claim to the heavyweight title fought for the heavyweight title. This sold itself. That was Frazier's point is you didn't need to go here to sell more. It's already sold. Do antics like this, or Connor being the old Connor, uh, does it sell more? I mean, we don't know. I don't think so. I, you know, so many people watched the last one as well. So many people are curious about what Connor has left and what Poirier has left and all this stuff. So many people are curious about this, and he's such a big name. I think at the end of the day, a, a, a nominal number of people will go, oh, what, he hates him? I'm definitely tuning in. Like, dude, Connor's an event, right? He just is. I don't think it's that significant. That's my third. Kel, yes or no? I agree. I think Connor has established himself enough, and I think this trilogy has enough heat and history behind it that it's established enough that Connor's antics, if it's going to give any sort of increase in the amount of pay-per-view buys, it's going to be marginal. I don't think it's extreme at all. People were buying this regardless of which Connor showed up to that presser last night. Yeah. And he didn't do anything. That would go, like, here's the rub. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready for the rub? I know it's Shakespearean. But here's the deal. Anything that's so bad it gets a lot of mainstream press endangers the fight. Anything that he would have done with a mainstream press would have gone, oh, my God. New York Times goes, oh, my God. He attacks somebody or he does something where, where the commission might step in and go, well, you're suspended. F this. You can't do that. You know, the Dolly incident, almost, yeah, it hyped up the first fight. Almost got his ass thrown in jail, right? So that didn't happen either. The thing that would like cross over and make this like front page news in Dubai 
didn't happen because if he had done that, it's going to jeopardize everything. And he didn't do that. Dre, so do you think he sold a significant number of pay-per-views or oh, tickets already sold out, pay-per-views, whatever, with his antics? Do you think he, he got that third goal? Absolutely not. Connor has built, for lack of a better word, enough notoriety to sell no matter where he goes. I heard what you where, said. Wherever he walks, people follow. Wherever he fights, people buy tickets. That is a given, and that'll forever be that way. Ta-da! So, Kelly Kell, what you thinking? Okay, so given your three points and the yes. outcomes and everything that we've come to, I have an overarching question. So A larger point. What's your larger point? <laughs> exactly. Josh from Massachusetts, we love you. Go ahead. Last night, Anthony Rocco Martin tweeted after the presser, Connor is making me think back to when Ronda was trying to hate Holly but couldn't find anything, so started making shit up. Do you think Connor's authentic trash talk is behind him now that he's pulled back the curtain in that second yeah. Poirier fight? Yeah. Yeah, I really do. I really do. You know, because part of trash talk is mystery, right? Part of trash talk is, does this guy really believe this stuff? Does he really think? And once it's clear and obvious that A, you may or may not believe it, and, and B, it may or may not help you fight, right? Once, once we know that, it's not real anymore. And it's, it's not, if you have to find it, it's not there. If you have, a, if you have to you know, hate somebody to fight them, I always wondered about that. I never disliked anybody I fought. You know, I never, I, I swear to you, I'd, I'd, I'd rip your leg right out of its socket. I know I'm a submission guy, but, you know, it's funny. You know, you can laugh at it. I popped a dude's knee right out. Boop. Like a water balloon. Like the guy. Nice guy. Didn't do anything to me. They didn't tap. You know? Okay, I looked at him. All right. You know? James Wilkes, one of the nicest guys I've ever met in MMA. We're still, we're still cool. Really great guy. I got him a knee bar, and I won our fight. If he hadn't tapped, I would have cranked that thing as far as I could go. And he threw a good strike at me. If it had landed, he'd knock my teeth right out of my head and not feel a damn thing. You know, still love the guy. You know, and I wouldn't have been taken personally if he would have, you know, knocked my head right off my shoulders, man. It's pro fight. It's what we're supposed to do. So I never needed that. I don't understand it. Since the dawn of time, people have yearned for the greatest wrestling talk show ever. You had me at hello. Busted Open with Dave LaGreca. That's right. Alongside Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer, and Mark Henry. Your home for spot-on analysis. You don't make nobody. You didn't beat nobody. Full of fun. Never about hate. From the best in the business. love. At least when it comes to wrestling busted open monday through saturday 9 a.m east on fight nation sirius xm channel 156 here's one thing that i think is kind of i i I don't know about about you know i don't know about overrated about connor but this is the place i'm gonna start is the guy who makes the right adjustments at the right time wins this fight that's honestly, I believe, the one who makes the right adjustments at the right time wins this fight. A lot of people give Conor McGregor a lot of credit for the adjustments he made between fights against Nick Di- uh, Nate Diaz. All right? So the difference here that I don't think is getting enough play, that people just don't think about a whole lot, is Conor is, is kind of seen as this kind of strategic master, and then he makes the right adjustments in between fights. How many rematches has he had? That's the question. He gets a ton of credit for the rematch with Nate Diaz. He hadn't, he hadn't had any other rematches. That's his only rematch 
right? Did he make the right adjustments? Yes, but he made them against a guy in Nate Diaz, and Nate and Nick are notorious for not changing their style around. Nate and Nick fight the same way every single fight, every single round. The problem is when they're out, I won't say out class, but like when they're out, like, say they're out wrestled, right? They don't fight any differently. They just kind of like get mad at you for wrestling, but they don't like do anything to negate the wrestling. Uh, remember the Benson Anderson fight against Nate? Oh, you're, no. you're rip, ripping my heart out, Kel. You didn't see that one, Benson Anderson, Nate Diaz? No, I did not. O- owned him the whole whole time, took him down at will, and Nate was like flipping him off, and it was like, dude, stop the takedown. Then you can worry about flipping it off. It was like there were no tactical adjustments. Do you get what I'm saying? There was no like, I guess I'll do this. No, he fought like Nate the whole time. And once you figure Nate out, it's very, I won't say easy, but like you can generally stay ahead of him and you figure him out. Same deal with Nick against GSP. He got taken down, taken down, taken down, whatever. When he got out fought, he didn't suddenly do something different. So the one time Connor made a good adjustment in between rematches was against one guy who really never makes any adjustments ever. So... Yeah, you know, I'm not saying he didn't make good adjustments because he did, but it's also like the guy he made him against, like, you know how Nate's going to fight. He fights that way every time, okay? So I'm not, like, like heaping praise on Conor McGregor for his ability to adjust on, against Nate Diaz. He did a good job, but it was also a special case of somebody who doesn't like making very many adjustments. Poirier's not an idiot, and Poirier is going to make proper adjustments in between fights. This is going to be a chess game. But here are the keys. When I say the person who makes adjustments is the one who wins. Connor has always had difficulty. In my opinion, significant difficulty pacing himself in fights. He's always had an issue with spending energy and then needing a break. Spending energy, needing a break. If you look at the second Nate fight, same thing. He didn't blow his wad like he did in the first fight, but there were a lot of times when he would bam, 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 throw a nice combination and do this, whatever, and then he'd need to take a break. And he'd let Nate back into the round and back into the fight. He his just his style. You can't explode for 25 minutes. You can't do that. Explosive athletes always need a break. Explosive athletes are not marathon runners. They're not, okay? They explode, they need a break. They explode, they need a break. Every fighter who has an explosive style does that. He's not necessarily a volume guy, right? Uh, He hits hard. I wouldn't call him a power guy. He's more accurate than powerful. He kind of hits the right spot rather than he's the hardest puncher in the world. So if he can manage his pacing, that is number one. This fight, last time around, he spent everything trying to knock Poirier out in round one, hurt him, Definitely had him rocked, couldn't finish him, and walked back to that corner a different guy at the end of round one. Had his hands on his hips. He was breathing heavily. I was like, oh, this is bad. I remember thinking that, like, oh, this is bad. This is not good at all, right? And came out a different guy. And so much of that, and much like the Diaz brothers, when you make everything, um, like he said, oh, anything, any loss other than a knockout doesn't count, blah, 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 blah. It's all about the knockout, all about the knockout. I'm going to finish this guy. I'm going to do it dramatically. He puts a lot of pressure on himself to start quickly, finish a guy quickly, get out of there with an impressive win. I think the one time he was willing to not do that, which was against Nate, he won the rematch. The one time he went, look, I don't care if I knocked it. Yeah, sure, I'd love to knock this guy out, but 
even if I can't, I'm willing to win a decision here. Wins, I'll take it with this guy, okay? He has to have that attitude in this fight. Round four, round five, whatever. I don't care if it's a decision. I don't care how I win this. It, it isn't just knockout early or bust. And if he adjusts that way, he's got a good shot, right? One other narrative I'd like to destroy is this idea that, um, you know, the chin of Poirier will get him through an early assault. I'm not saying it won't. I'm saying never rely on that. Okay? Never. Remember, at one, and yes, it was 145. Yes, it was several years ago when he just cleaned Dustin Poirier in the first round. He almost did in the first round last time. Never rely on your ability to take a punch to get you through something. Never. Ever. 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 I don't care who you are. I don't care what your chin is. I don't care who you're facing. Never rely on your ability to just tough it out. Okay? Know that you can if you need to, but never rely on that. This is a guy who hits too hard, Conor McGregor, and is too accurate. Okay? And there may be a little contradiction there, and I'm going to explain it. When you guys go, oh, I thought you said he wasn't the hardest punch in the world. What I mean by that is he's accurate. He's a sniper. He doesn't have a shotgun. He has a sniper rifle. Okay? So a guy like that, you can't rely on your chin because if they find that button, they find that button. Could be on me, it could be on you, it could be on anybody. And he'll drop you. So the idea that Poirier can just go, oh, I'll just, no. Never like, oh, I can just ride it out. If he finds the button, he finds the button. Poirier can't rely on that. Does he have a great chin? Yes. You don't want a round one like you had last time. You don't. Sure you came back and won. Sure you did. Eight out of ten times he gets knocked down that round. This is Lindsay Rhodes, and I'm so excited for my podcast, The NFL Roadshow, to be joining the SiriusXM sports family. We'll be talking about the most compelling topics and to some of the most interesting people in and around the NFL, taking a look at things through my somewhat nerdy football lens. I like to push past the low-hanging fruit to get to the real stories that are going to make you feel like a smarter football fan. So please join me every Wednesday for The NFL Roadshow, available on the SXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. My boy, Eve Edwards, ready to drop some science about this weekend's card. Right, the first thing we got to get to is what kind of we were just talking about. Press conferences, trash talk, your wife this, your mom that, blah, 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 all this stuff. It's been such a great weapon for Connor in the past. When the last time out, you were stretched out looking at the lights unconscious. Do you think that sword has, has blunted a little bit? Do you think it's a little bit more dull where it's like, hey, blah, 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 I knocked you out? Do you think it has the same impact it had earlier on in his career, man? I don't think it has the same impact. I think it's a different reason. Aside from Dustin the last fight, by I really think it had a lot to do with Dustin's growth human being. You know what I mean? Um, Dustin was so young the first time they fought. He was... He was very talented. He was very tough. He was always improving, but he was still a kid in, in his own head. You know, he, um, he let things get to him and he's changed so much since then, man. He's grown so much. He's so much more of a man now than he was then. And I just, I just can't see anything Connor saying to him getting in his head when you, when you, even when he tries to cross the line and, and to bring Jolie into the conversation, like I know who Jolie Boyer is, you know what I mean? Um, She's ride or die for Dustin. I mean, they've been together since middle school. And, like, she is is as much a part of the Poirier name, as much as somebody could possibly have your back and be down for you and, and, and be willing to do anything for that team. Like, there's, there's, there's just, you're talking into the wind when you're saying things like that to Dustin. It means nothing. 
So and I, I think that's an incredibly valid point. I happen to totally agree with you. I don't think it's going to rattle Dustin at all. Um, were you surprised a little bit? Because I was. It seemed like the crowd was like 90% Conor McGregor. I mean, even in the, in the U.S., like crazy crowd support. Do you think that'll translate to the fight, or do you think a press conference audience is different than a fight audience? What do you think about that, man? I definitely think a press conference audience is different than a fight audience. Uh, a press conference audience is more like Amari Povich, Jerry Springer audience. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, they came they for get- some drama, right? Yeah, they, they want to see who, you know, they want to see the, the results of the lie detector test or, or, the, or, or the paternity test. They, they are not concerned with, uh, with the skill level. But I think once those guys make the walk, you know, the people that are in the arena, the people that pay that kind of money to watch the fights, yeah, a lot of those people are fans too, but a lot of them do understand and they understand the language that's being spoken inside the octagon. So once the blows start flying, that's what they that's where they're gonna gonna get behind. That those are the words that, that are gonna matter to those fans. So I really don't think that the the press conference uh press conference crowd is really gonna gonna move over into the to the fight. But also, I mean on the press conference side of this, like Dustin really, really put a foot in his ass with the, with the comment about because he got knocked the fuck out. Right, exactly, exactly. And I'm going to go totally off script here. When you used to watch Maury Povich, did you secretly want it to not be the dance to see the dude dance? Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> dude, it's not my baby dance. Like, jump up. Yeah, like, it's so hilarious. Like, dude, you thought it was yours to dance like that. To be that happy, you thought it was your kid, bro. You know but what I'm I, talking about, Eve. I know exactly what you're talking about because I still watch Maury Povich anytime, I, anytime I'm in a hotel room. You can't turn it off, that right? show's on. Every time I go to a hotel, it's on, first off. Secondly, once it's on, you can't turn it off. You're like, oh, no. God, I got to find out, right? It's like oh, a car it's wreck. It's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> All right, so you, of course, uh, great fighter, great trainer. You've been here before getting ready for fights. But the trilogy aspect of we've already fought twice it's almost like evolving your chess game quickly, right? They know this move. They know this. They know that. How do I adjust this? Can it kind of get in your own head a little bit? Like, okay, how do I know what he's going to be ready for this time and get ahead of that? Or do you kind of stick to the fundamentals? Like, like, can you overthink it when you fought somebody as many times as they have? I think you can. But, um, like, and I, I think we all know. I, let's just put it out there if anybody doesn't know. Like, I'm rooting for Poirier in this one, you know. Yeah. I, 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 w- I would admit to being a Conor McGregor fan, I appreciate what he's done for the sport. Um, but, but like, Dustin Poirier, that's my ride or die. You know, that's my boy. He's the last Thug-Jitsu fighter that's active right now. And um, I really believe that, that the first of all, I believe that the guy who wins the second fight when it goes into the trilogy more often than not wins the third. Almost always, yeah. I think it's the fact that, you know, the second fight, you've you've learned the things that that the first guy in the first fight when you lost you know what you have to you have to fix right the guy who who wins the first fight it's very hard to go back and go well these things didn't work for me what do i need to change what do i need to do because they went into that one thinking uh i could just do the same thing again so now for them they're starting from they're starting from a step back than where the where the guy who lost the first fight started does that make sense totally you're it you're 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 a me, step yeah. behind. It's so crazy. It's like you got knocked two steps back versus being knocked one step back. So now you have to rebuild yourself. You have to go out and figure out why the things that you are you are good at don't work, and you have to build a whole new skill set. And that's a very hard thing to do, especially when you're when you've been in the sport for a, for such a long time. 
You know, it's so funny. When you look at really talented fighters like, you know, BJ Penn, Rashad Evans talked to me about this. Um, I know it was that way with like a Roy Jones where they kind of went, and I know this about Rashad. Rashad told me this personally. He said, when I was really great, it just happened. It just worked. Like everything I did just worked. It's just like I threw a punch and landed. I did this. Like I couldn't explain to you how it worked, right? BJ Penn was so talented. It was just like he just did it and it worked. But when it stopped working and he had to rethink it and like put it back together, it was so hard to do because it was just so automatic before that. Is it a similar kind of mentality, you think? Like it just worked before. Now it's just not working. How do I fix it, right? I think that's a big part of it. But I, I think the other part of it is confidence. Confidence is huge for fighters. I think that's the biggest skill set, or not skill set, but I think that's the biggest variable outside of skills that that, that that matters in a fight. And when things don't work, your confidence is shaken for the first time. In Conor McGregor's fight with Nate Diaz, you know, things were working for him, but he got cracked and he got caught. It was, there was no, the, the second fight was not very different. He was just more confident in his offensive pressure and he just put it on Nate Diaz. And, and it was a situation where it's like, I'm not going to let this go to the ground where in a situation that I'm not in control of. Right. But, but this situation is different, you know, confidence. It's like, I've hit this guy with everything that I hit him with before, but he's taking it. And then he brought new things to the table. So, so that's where I think it's going to be a really big thing. Con- Con- Conor McGregor, has he been able to regain the confidence that, that he may have lost in that first fight? That may have been taken away a little bit from him, chipped at by Khabib, you know? Um, is he the same guy that he was that, that, that clipped Jose Aldo in like 13 seconds? You know what I mean? That, 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 because if that Conor doesn't show up, like it can be a short night for him. But like also if the best Conor McGregor shows up, as I really believe, the best Dustin Poirier is going to show up. If somebody doesn't get clipped, man, we're in for a treat. Like, my mouth is watering off. <laughs> Can't of wait one. to see it, right? So let, let's no. get into that a little bit. If there's been one kind of, like, issue throughout Connor's career, win or lose, it's he doesn't pace himself well. Even when he wins, he's explosive, then he needs a break. He's explosive, then he needs a break. He's not very good at... You know, thinking about the fight as a whole as opposed to he really seems to fight as the one good combo and I got you rather than I might have to spread this out for 25 minutes. He really doesn't think that way. And also just explosiveness wise, guys with his style need breaks. It's very difficult to be explosive for 25 minutes. Uh, How does he work on that? Do you think he masters that a little more in this fight? I mean, he's going to have to. Dustin is the kind of guy that can take a shot. You know, the first fight he did get hit and it's not illegal. He got hit on the back of the head, just in transition. The ones that you can't see are the hardest ones to brace for. So um, I think that was really a telltale reason as to why the first fight ended in a knockout so early. Dustin took the shots from in the second fight from Connor that he was able to see. Yes, some of them stunned him, backed him up a bit, but he was able he was able to swallow them, bite down on his on his mouthpiece and come forward again. You know, um Connor, he can't rely on that power as much. Yes, it's a great weapon to have, but it, it's not a guarantee that you're going to take out the top guys. You're not going to take out a Nate Diaz every time with power. You're not going to take out a Khabib. You're not going to take out a Poirier. You've got to clip one of those guys so you got to be aware the whole time he can't he can't go out there thinking that this is going to be a sprint or even a bunch of different sprints so he's going to have to figure something out to work out how it is that Conor McGregor can keep that 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 accuracy and that power up to be explosive come rounds four and five should get that deep I'm going to say something I said earlier on in the show feel free to disagree with me we're boys I've known you for a long time you can disagree with me we're cool we'll settle on the mat later so here's the deal 
I said, you know, Poye can take a shot. To your point, he has a great chin. If I'm his coach, the whole camp, I'd go, don't rely on your ability to take a shot. You, he's This guy's very accurate. He's very powerful. Don't think I'll get tattooed in the first round and then come back. He might find the button and, and you know, it's sleepy time. Don't, like, have that, but don't rely on that, right? Is that sound advice, and how does he manage that, you think? I think that's absolute sound advice. Uh, Conor McGregor is one of the most accurate, if not the most accurate striker. And he's a very dangerous guy with that because he does carry the power, right? Yeah. Um, but Dustin, it, it's it's really about boxing defense. He's got he's got to keep his hands right, and he's got to be he's got to be aware. He's got to keep his eyes on Conor. He can't let himself get lost in the combinations. He can't get confused. He can't lose sight. He can't blink. Can't put his head down. You know, he's got to keep his eyes right in the center of the chest. Keep his keep his focus. And and when those shots come, that that he knows that he get. You know what it's like, Jimmy. You know when there's yeah. a shot that you don't have time to block. So what do you do? You have to roll with it. You just then that's an instinct thing. You know, I know he's put in the rounds. He's been sparring with really good guys, you know, so I know he's ready for those types of things. I know his reactions are going to be on point. But the thing is, you cannot rely on all of those different things to work, even in one instance. So you've got to do the best with what you have. And, and I believe that he has he has a really good tool bag going into this one. But just don't count on those things to 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 be the be all end all of everything. You've, you've got to use them in sequence and then take advantage of those. When you have to roll with something, definitely fire back to get Connor on that back foot. Make him recognize that you have that kind of power too. And so that if he commits to something and he misses, just know that something's coming back. So that's going to take some, uh, some of the volume away from Connor. It's all these different little aspects of fighting that that at this level, like one little mistake changes the whole game, but you have to be focused on every part of the game. That's This is when I really love fighting, man. This is when, when Rogan talks about it being chess. This is the kind of fight that, that plays out to be that thing. I'm going to tackle something after the break, and I want you to help me out before we go to the break, Abbas. I want your opinion on this. The pressure in this fight is almost unique. Neither guy can really afford a loss, right? They're just in a place in their career where I think the winner gets a title shot almost 100%. The loser, should it be Connor, it's going to be, well, he was good, not great. Like, he had his moments, but he didn't have longevity. I think Dustin Poirier was that hardworking blue-collar guy who got to the top. But if he loses to Connor, it might be like, yeah, but he never got all the, was never the real champ. There's a lot of legacy at stake here. Who do you think can afford a, afford a loss the least? I know it's your boy, but who to you has their back more against the wall in this fight? You know, I, when, I, when you ask that question, I look at the future, their future within the sport of mixed martial arts as a competitor and in the history, in the annals of the sport. And I really do think Connor is the one who can't, he can't um, take the loss right now in, in that scenario. You know, his legacy really, really falls because I think that um, it kind of says that he was mostly the hype and flash not necessarily the, pan, right? the talent that, that exactly. He's a flash yeah. in the pan. He came up, he, he became, he became this, the biggest name in the sport, did a lot for the sport along the way, but he was really never that thing. And um, I think he needs this. He needs the W if ever, if even to put the, the fight with Khabib again on the table, I don't think Khabib does it because he's a man of character, but um, like that, that like there's nothing for Connor besides winning this fight and trying to get back to that Khabib fight. Like that's, that's the biggest thing that he can do. But if he loses this fight, 
everything goes out the window for Carter. Like, I don't think he, he, he's the same draw anymore after that. Eve, you are absolutely the man. I got to have you on before the next pay-per-view. As always, your insight is amazing. It's a pleasure having you on, brother. Thank you, Jimmy. Always good to see you. We'll talk soon. You know it, bud. You know it. We got to talk during the fight as well. Eve Edwards, the man, the thug jitsu master. Serious XM Podcasts.